coming up on the Write Something Worthy podcast. Why did you write this book in the first place? Who are you hoping to help? When you can do that, then the marketing becomes easier because it's not like, oh, I'm not wearing makeup and I look like crap. It's, wait, I can help somebody. Welcome to the Worthy Writer edition of the Write Something Worthy podcast. Each month, we bring you an informative interview that helps you to live your best life as an entrepreneur. And now, your host, Tanya Brockett. Welcome, Worthy Writers. Today, we're going to talk about content marketing with Melanie Hershorn. Melanie wants to make your book and brand sparkle online. That's so good because we all need that, right? As a content marketing strategist for coaches, consultants, and speakers worldwide, she's on a mission to support and empower her clients to create clear messaging and content that shines a light on their individual experience, skill set, and books. With her unique combination of entrepreneurship, award-winning journalism, and PR experience, Melanie guides her clients to attract and nurture leads and position themselves as industry experts. She also loves to provide content marketing tips on her show, Authority Marketing Live. Please enjoy my conversation today with Melanie Hershorn. Welcome, Melanie, to the Write Something Worthy podcast. Thank you so much, Tanya. It is so great to have you here today. I am thrilled to have someone with your background and expertise who can share with our audience the positive impact of content marketing for authors and coaches and entrepreneurs. So thank you for bringing that with us to share. Thank you. Tell me, what is it that intrigued you about content marketing in the first place? What got you into the industry? That is a good question. I started out in publicity many years ago, about 20 years ago. And when a famous redheaded comedian told me off on my birthday twice, I said, that's it. I am done. (laughs) I cannot do this anymore. I want to be a journalist. And so I went back to school and I got a master's in journalism. And then when I graduated, I started working on the radio in news. And after a few years, I um, was pregnant with my first child and I got laid off, (laughs) probably because I was pregnant. That company was notorious for that. And so then I thought, all right, what can I do now? Because I've got all this, you know, I've got all these ideas and this creative juice. What can I do with it? I am going to design breastfeeding clothing. So, which is not you know, usually the logical next step, but that is what I did. (laughs) So I Googled my way into being an entrepreneur and I figured out all the things, you know, how to find a manufacturer, how to sell online with a Shopify store and all those things. And I was doing pretty well. I was selling my clothes on Amazon and on Nordstrom.com and on in different boutiques in, in the U.S. and in Canada. And then I thought, okay, I have to hire somebody to help me with my marketing because clearly I'm not doing enough marketing, so I need help. So I hired this person, and she was toxic and belittling and 
she took a lot of my money and didn't really give me much of a return on my investment other than to feel like I was a shadow of my former self. So when I was able to shut that, I, it, was, it was terrible. So, But when I was able to shut that business, I thought, all right, well, what can I do now? What can I do that's going to take all the experience that I do have and turn it into something positive? So I thought, well, you know what? I can help entrepreneurs with their marketing. I've been an entrepreneur for years. I've done marketing for years. I've done PR. I've done journalism. And so when I started doing this, I didn't really have a direction. It was kind of just way too broad. It was like, well, I help with marketing. Sure, what does that mean? Um, but eventually authors started to come to me. And now I have a signature method where I take um, authors through so that they come to me with you know, a desire to market their book. And at the end, they are marketing their book and their brand successfully online. Wow. What an incredible story. And how interesting that you talk about creating breastfeeding clothing. That's, uh, as a mom myself, I'm a mom of three daughters, and Aww. I had to search around for clothing that would be compatible. For me, I was a full-time um director of a small business development center. I was working oh. on my master's. I had to, you know, I needed the clothing that would make that possible for me as well. So I appreciate you um, in your endeavors there. And how creative that you would say, oh, what can I do? Ah, I'll do clothing. That would have been the first thing from my mind, but I have to admit that when I was a young mom, I was thinking, oh, we need to have this. We need to have that. I wonder if I can create this or create that. I just right? didn't what have if, all the gumption to do it. Well, but you do now. And what do they say? Necessity is the mother of invention, right? So Indeed. Indeed. So that is so awesome that you did that. And as you tell me about your marketing story, it's really disappointing that you would come against somebody who could not be wanting to add value to your business. Why tear somebody down when, you know, the whole benefit to your being a marketing professional is to lift people up? I, I absolutely agree. And, you know, unfortunately, when I do tell that story, people say to me, oh, I've had an experience like that. So it's not uncommon for that to happen, for people to say, you know, I hired a marketing company and they promised me the moon and the stars and I didn't see any of that. And so it, it's just, it's such a tragedy that that kind of, that that exists. It is, but we need people like you out there who are willing to turn that around and actually make a positive experience for people, especially authors. Because I have to say, authors are not typically they're they're not marketers in most cases, right? Right. That's right. They have, and even if they you know, are, they might not know how to market a book. As as you got into the marketing industry in a heavier way, can you tell me what what was the biggest difference you think from marketing a business as an entrepreneur and marketing a book as an author? Well, that's the thing; they aren't very different. 
there because when you are an author, you are really a brand. And so when you are having to market your book, you really have to sort of intertwine your book marketing with your brand marketing as a whole. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. not really it's not really different at all. What you're doing is you're adding in a new part, something new that, that you're letting people know that adds credibility to you as the business owner, which is, right. hey, I, I wrote the book on this. I'm an expert. That's right. I have, when I wrote my very first book, it was, called The Loan Solution, and it was designed for small businesses who wanted to leverage their resources with those of others. I was a small business consultant, so it was designed, actually, it was created out of necessity again to help my clients get to a certain level before they came into my office so that they would be more informed and more loan-ready for um coming in for financing, which is something that they were looking to do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so it was really tailored to a specific client, but I I had a reason for having it. And so when somebody asked once, oh, uh, what do you know about financing or business lending? And I said, I wrote the book on it. Exactly. Yes, that's exactly it. I love that. That's the answer that you should give. Yes. Uh, that was great. It actually helped me to uh, to get nominated as a Small Business Advocate of the Year, Financial Advocate of the Year through the SBA because I, I helped so many people to get loans that year. So when you are working with authors, Oftentimes, I have to say, many authors come to me without that confidence that they are the authority, without that confidence that they are worthy of that credibility. How do you help them to take that on? How do you help them to use their marketing and their brand to build that when they don't really feel that coming in? Well, I love this question so much, Tanya, because you're right. People say, well, I wrote the book and I'm afraid for anybody to read it (laughs) and I don't want to have bad feedback and I don't want to talk about it and I don't want to show my face online. So there are a lot of things that I work through with them as, you know, almost like their advocate and their, their support system that you kind of have to get into a marketing mindset. And, and so what I like to start with when I work with an author is to say, you know, what's your mission? Why are you doing what you do? What What is inspiring you? And if you can get back to the, the basics, you know, why did you write this book in the first place? Who are you hoping to help? When you can do that, then the marketing becomes easier because it's not like, oh, I'm not wearing makeup and I look like crap. It's, wait, I can help somebody, somebody who's going to hear my message and they needed to hear that message today. That is so true. And part of why I work with some of my clients, my authors, to really get tapped in and tuned into their ideal reader is because the ideal reader is often their why. 
why is it that you're trying to provide that solution for them? Why is it that you're going to help them with, through a transformation? What is it that you're going to give to or do for them? And when you are really clear on that, one, it helps you to write a better book. Yeah. And then two, it helps you, obviously, to market that book because now you know who you're marketing to and why. Yeah, exactly. And you just got to keep reminding yourself because it's easy to forget. Mm. That it is. That it is. And when you think about who is benefiting from the message you have to share, then you can take the focus off of yourself and mm-hmm. put it onto them. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, one of my clients is a marketing genius, and he he's written a book on marketing as well as many other subjects. He's probably got 60 or 70 books out there. Oh, my but, gosh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. He's got a um, – I honestly, I don't have the exact quote, but the idea is that marketing is sharing, you know, what you love and what you have to give so that other people can receive it. And it's not about just, oh, let me see if I can shove something down somebody's throat. It is <clears> – <throat> giving of yourself and your talent, your gifts and your expertise to those who want that and need it in their own lives. And when you can think of it that way, it's, it's not salesy, right? You're not just trying to give somebody something. You're, you're giving them what they want, what they need, what they desire, what's going to help them. And when you can think of it that way, I think it really helps to take the, the, you know, the smarmy out of the marketing that a lot of people have an association with. Right. And, and you know, there's that. I had a client once who, when we first started working together, she didn't want to post a picture of herself. And Instagram is really her her social media platform where her ideal readers are hanging out. And I said, you know, we have to get you over this. And she said, well, I feel narcissistic. I feel like, I said, no, no. You are the face of your brand, and people want to see you. They want to connect with you. We as humans want to see eyes. We want to see the humanity in things. And so we work through it. And now she posts live videos, and she's on on Insta stories all the time, and she posts pictures of herself, and it's beautiful to see. So you really can get past all those things that make you feel like marketing isn't, you know, it, it, like you said, smarmy, the mar- marketing is smarmy. It makes it feel icky. It doesn't have to make you feel icky when you, when you think of the bigger picture and then you enroll people in your mission. As you think about the author who is trying to establish themselves out there in the marketplace, but maybe doesn't want to, is resistant like your client was. What are some of the content marketing tips that help them to move through that? Oh, yeah. I mean, well, when I I work with people in a one-on-one capacity, I kind of take them through my signature method that we start with messaging. And, And once you feel confident in your messaging, then you start to say, oh, well, now I know how to talk about my book. 
So maybe I'm going to feel more confident when I have to go do it. And then we work on social media marketing and creating a lead magnet to grow their email list. And as we go through, they're realizing that it isn't just like, do this, check it off the list, do this, check it off the list. It's almost like a lifestyle change. And you're, you're really growing an audience and developing that credibility so that people say, oh, you wrote a book? I want to read it. I mean, a book is not a high-ticket item. You know, probably the most expensive books, but like 35 bucks, maybe a textbook, right? So it's not, mm-hmm. not such a big commitment for someone to book, but I feel like people get tripped up at the beginning and go, well, who's going to want to buy that? But people will want to buy your book. It's just how you show them about it. And you have to be, okay, Tanya, this is what I call the granny panties of marketing, which is consistency. (laughs) It's a necessary thing and it's not sexy, but you have to be consistent with your marketing for it to be effective. That is so true. And, you know, I have to tell you, no matter how much I know that to be true, it's still something that I have to wrestle with myself as an entrepreneur. I've been an entrepreneur for over 15 years, or 20 years almost. So, wow. you know, being consistent in the marketing aspect is not a strong suit. And a lot of people will think, oh, well, things are going really well. I don't need to be doing the marketing. But one of the things that I've always heard is always be marketing because even when it's good, you need to keep your name out there. And when it's dry, you need to keep your name out there, right? Right, exactly. And, you know, people say, well, how do you know if it's working? Or how do you know when it's working? I say, well, when you start to feel like you're a broken record, And then people start to say, hey, you do this, right? Or your book is about this, Mm -hmm. right? That's when you know it's working. When, when, you know, when I had my my sixth grade boyfriend's mother reaching out to me to to book a sales call, that's how you know it's working. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. Now, you do all this great work with other authors. What are you doing for yourself as an author? Ooh, Ooh I love that question. Okay, so I have my, my book, my forthcoming book. I will tell you the name of it. It is You Wrote the Book, Now What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the tagline is The Nonfiction Author's Guide to Amplifying Your Authority. And so what do I do? I will – I am – already promoting my book and I am always promoting what I do on on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on Facebook. I have a pretty robust email list. I also have a a lead magnet. And for anybody who doesn't know that term, it's just the freebie. It's a freebie that you create that gets people excited about what you do and wanting more wanting to know more about what you do. And if it's okay, I would love to give something to your listeners. Please do. That would be awesome. And listeners, we will put this in the show notes. So if you can't write it down right now, don't worry. We'll make sure you can get to it. Go right ahead, Melanie. Okay. Thank you. Okay. So it is your ultimate book marketing checklist. And in it, you will have a 
checklist of the things that you need to do to develop your online presence and market your book. Plus, I have a worksheet in there that helps you brainstorm to create your lead magnet, because that's something that a lot of new authors get wrong. Um, sometimes publishers say, oh, you just have to give away the first, pa- the first chapter of your book. And unfortunately, that might have worked, you know, 15 years ago, but that doesn't work now. You really have to give away something that is, is valuable and that gets people onto your client journey, so to speak. Um, the, way, the way I would say it is like, you wrote a book about something. So let's pick a topic. Tanya, do you have a topic about a book? A book topic, for example. Just give it one. Throw it out there. Um, just throw it out there. Um, Alzheimer's. Okay. <laughs> So that that was that's out of left field, but we'll go with it. Okay, so you wrote a book about <laughs> how, how to well let's let's narrow the book down a little bit because unless it's like a huge textbook. So this book is about Alzheimer's is maybe like how to care for your aging parent who has Alzheimer's. Okay, so let's say that's the book. So the person doesn't the person this client or this reader I should say they come across this book and they're like oh I don't know if I really want to buy this book I don't know if it's any good. But before they buy the book, what if you had um, a free um, checklist, for example, that said five activities you can do with your parent that you will both enjoy even when they're suffering from this horrible disease? And so then you download that freebie and you go, oh, wow, I never thought of taking my dad for a walk or I never thought of taking my mom bowling or whatever. And and so then mm-hmm. this person gets a quick win from this checklist and they go, oh, my goodness, this author really knows what they're talking about. And these were just simple things, but I, I was able to implement them and they work. Oh, now I really have to buy the book. So that is the beauty of a lead map. I appreciate your being able to come off the bat like that. And and the reason I came up with the Alzheimer's is I am a caregiver support group facilitator for Alzheimer's. So wow. I help people with that issue. So it's just one of the many little side gigs that I do. And well, it was when just you top of my mind. Book. So thank you. Of course. And now when you yep. write that book, you'll now know what lead magnet to have for it as well. Indeed. That is absolutely true. So thank you for that. But yeah, having that lead magnet is uh, an important step for a lot of authors. And many do not know, I will say, they don't know what it should include or what it should be about. So if they're coming to me for editing, for example, and they want to clean chapter three before they anything else because they want to be able to use it as a lead magnet. But, right. And um, chapter three is in the middle of the book. So what happens, you know, do they need to read two and one before reading three? You know, it's just, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. So if it's okay, I want you as listeners to go to vipdigital.live slash checklist. That's where you get that checklist. <laughs> All right. Say it one more time. Digital dot live l-i-v-e l-i-v-e slash checklist all one word yep great okay we we will make sure we have a link because that is very useful advice for us to tap into 
And so as an author, can they follow your example then? Here you are offering a valuable checklist that is going to help us in our next step in our journey. Mm -hmm. And that then will allow us to continue to receive valuable information from you because it will put us on your mailing list, right? And that's what authors need to be doing. You're modeling what we need to be doing for ourselves. Exactly. I love that you called it. That's exactly what I'm doing. Because when you see that, oh, this is a pretty comprehensive checklist, but wait, maybe I need a little bit more help, then you can join my email list and, you know, some of the things that I have going on. Sorry, not join my email list, but when you're getting emails from me, you'll see that I host quarterly sparkles and strategy cocktail parties. And those are for nonfiction authors and you'll want to come to one. And, you know, so it's it's getting people, it's nurturing people and letting them know that what you have to offer and that you're there to support them. And through your book. Tell me this. A lot of people don't think of exactly who their ideal reader is before they write their book or before they at least release it to the world. Your book, you wrote the book, now what? How did you visualize the the reader of that book, either as you were writing it or now as you're marketing it? Well, it that was kind of an easy one because the reader is my client. It's my ideal client. It's the people that I work with every day who I'm honored to partner with to market their books. And so I was able to say, well, I know exactly who I work with. It's nonfiction authors. And these people are what I would call a subject matter expert. So they know a whole lot about something and they've written a book about it or they're writing a book about it. And they don't know what steps to take to let the world know about this book. And that is absolutely true. Your work and the support you give to authors is so incredibly valuable. Because, you, so it's, you know, what good is a book that you've written to really help people if no one knows about it? Oh, or my gosh. They don't reach. They don't know how to tap into it. Right? Right. I mean, it, I mean, isn't it the greatest sadness to think that a, an author, they work, they pour their heart and soul into writing a book. This box of books comes, they open it, they're so excited, they see their name on the front, and then these books end up sitting on the shelf collecting dust. It's tragedy. So I don't want that to happen to anybody. That's why, you know, I am, I'm the before person. I'm the one that helps you to to write the book, to really get keen on your ideal reader so that you can write a great book for them, making sure that you edit the book so that it is bestseller worthy, helping you to get it designed, helping you to even launch it for the for a certain level, to a certain level of getting it on Amazon, et cetera. But I've never been the marketing person after the fact. So it's so wonderful for my company, Halogen Inc., to have resources like you and VIP Digital to help take authors to the next level, to get them to that Thank next step. Thank you. And it's just it's just good to know that the book is not just going to fall flat on the garage floor right. or something that you're right. going to take it to the next level. 
Exactly. The book does not fall off a cliff once it's published. You have lots of things that you can do with it. And I like to say that I bridge the gap between publishing and publicity because sometimes authors publish their books and then they say, oh, now I need a publicist. And if they don't have that online presence already established and they don't have a growing community that they're building and, and nurturing, what happens is they might get on a, a you know a great TV show, but then they won't see any sales because people went online to lurk and, and read more before they made a purchase and they found nothing there. And that happens if you don't have your online presence set up correctly. So part of your content marketing strategy is making sure that they are present. Absolutely. Make sure. It's okay. right. And it's it's all encompassing because your book is not an island. So it's not just like, oh, here's the book, the book, the book. It's about you. It's about what you do. It's about your business. It's about how you help people. And look, here's this fantastic book, which is a treasure trove of amazing content. If you are someone who has uh, developed your know, like, and trust factor, for example, and you become somebody that people want to learn from and connect with, then you are leaving them wanting more, which your book then fulfills. Exactly. And then what's after the book? Well, maybe you have a program that you've created based on your book. Or maybe you're speaking on stages and these people are filling the audience. So you always lead people to the next thing because once they're enrolled in your mission, they're going to come with you. And that is one thing that I encourage all of my authors to do is to not look at the book as the end, but actually look at the book as the beginning. Look at it as a way to connect with people in a deeper way through the transformation perhaps that you're taking them through in the book, but then also to create multiple streams of income as a result of the book. So many people get caught up in, well, how many books am I going to sell? If I use your services, here I hear this with publicity people and, you know, authors who are looking to hire a marketing person. How many books are you going to sell? That's not the question. What is your return on objective that you're looking for? Not just your return on investment. What are you going to do with the book and the marketing thereof that's going to allow you to create a greater return. Exactly. And book numbers is not just it. That's not the only thing there is. Right. Yeah, you're not going to get rich from this, but you could get really rich from leveraging your book. Mm-hmm. I have I have this client that has really gotten really rich leveraging her book. And within, you know, as I've told the story before, but... Within less than a year of her book being on the market, she leveraged that puppy into $8 million. And, you know, that's right. I mean, it's a lot. And, you know, these results are not typical. But (laughs) the reality is you can do that or you can do something similar to that or you can do something that is just comfortable and perfect for you, whatever it is. But selling a, you know, $16.95 book is not the way to millionaire status, generally, you're going to be adding value that goes much beyond that. 
and using your services would help them to leverage them much better. So that's wonderful. How did you find time to write your book? (laughs) That's such a great question. So um, I was on a business trip about 10 months ago, and I spent the entire airplane ride both ways writing and at least four hours during the day writing. And then I kind of did little bits and pieces for the next six months. And then I spent two Sundays at Starbucks. The final Sunday was five. I sat at Starbucks for five hours and I don't even think I got up to go to the bathroom. And I couldn't believe it, but I, it was five hours. And when I was ready to go home, I looked at my work and I said, okay, it's edited. I'm ready to submit it to my publisher. That's, that's dedication. Do you know how many people well, take a- years to get their books out? Well, yeah, exactly. It can take years. And, of course, then there are some people, well, you can write a book in 30 days, too, which there would right. be no way... On, on God's green earth that I could have pulled something like that off in 30 days. But I, because, you know, I, I will call myself a subject matter expert because I have talked about this topic, done, you know, speeches about this topic and written articles about this topic. A lot of this stuff flows out of me. So it wasn't necessarily so difficult to come up with the material as it was to just sort of get it all out of me and, and type it. <laughs> it's, it's there. I just had to do a lot of typing. So, As a subject matter expert, did you find it difficult to stop writing? Meaning, <laughs> like one of my clients came to me because um, I am a ghostwriter as well, and she came and she had the, this outline from somewhere that included at least three kitchen sinks and everything else in it. And it's like, you want to tell everything you know, right? You want to share everything you know, but you don't have to do it all in one book. You don't have to do it all at once. You can do one now, one next year, one in six months, one whatever. But it's hard to stop. You want everybody to have everything they need to do stuff. Did you find that challenging at all? Well, if I had started writing this book a year and a half ago, yes, I would have poured as many kitchen sinks in there as I could have. But I actually found myself checking the word count. Is it enough? Is it enough? Is it enough? Because I have learned to be brief. I like to speak in sound bites, and books are not sound bites. So I almost had to retrain my brain to write in full sentences because when I'm writing emails and social media captions for myself, I keep it short and simple. Um, same with my training as a journalist. You have 300 words to tell a very important story, and that's all. So you better do it. So it was actually scarier to have that freedom. So I guess maybe I'm the opposite. Right. I can I can totally get that because, you know, publicists and PR folks and marketers, yeah, you are trained to be get right to the point, make it punchy, make it meaningful, and don't right. say anything more than you need to to get the point across. Right. So, yeah, 
I can totally understand that. This is the Write Something Worthy podcast. What do you believe it takes for an author to write something worthy? I think that every single person has a special experience. It's a unique experience, and that that is all it takes to have a great story. Um, When I was starting out as an entrepreneur, and people kept saying, what's your why? What's your why? You know, why do you do what you do? And I said, well, you know, I don't know. I don't have a fiery car crash story. I don't have a, a phoenix rising from the ashes story that, that a lot of people do. And it took me a while to really dig deep and figure out why I was doing what I was doing. So if you can find that root reason as to why you want to tell a story, then I say go for it. You know, so much of what is posted on social media is fluff and, and you know, the best version of self. And there's nothing better than being authentically you. That's what really attracts people. So I say just go for it. I've had that same question asked, the whole why thing. And mm-hmm. I've always said, I don't, I don't have some horrible story to tell. I don't have this pit, this valley that I got to dig out of. And that because I dug out of that, I help everybody else dig out of it. That, that wasn't my compulsion. That wasn't why I started doing what I was doing. My why was I wanted to keep people from failing to release the messages they had in their hearts and minds and taking them to the grave with them. Mm, So that's not because I died and I forgot to write my book. It was because (laughs) I wanted to keep them from doing so. (laughs) So I didn't have that rag to witches story there to to share. Oh, yeah, I came back out of the grave and, boy, I realized I should have written that book. That is hilarious. Um, but. but that's the point, right? People are told, like, you have to have something crazy, otherwise nobody's going to care. But that's not true. No. <laughs> no, it isn't. So uh, thank you. I feel some, uh, I feel that camaraderie with you there. I don't, I didn't have that horrible story, car crash thing either. Thank I goodness. I appreciate that. Yeah, I have to say, thank goodness for sure. This has been an absolute joy to have you on the Write Something Worthy podcast today. I am so grateful you joined me, and I'm so grateful to have someone with your expertise out there to help our authors to take their messages so much further when, you know, it's one thing to write it and get it published. It's a whole other thing to share it with the world and allow them to access it, and you provide that access. Can you tell our audience one more time how they might best connect with you after they hear this and they get back and they have their hands free and they're ready to take action in working with you? What do you want them to do next? Oh, I love that. So definitely get the checklist. So you can go to vipdigital.live slash checklist. And you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, My company is called VIP Digital Content. And so you can find me on LinkedIn, you can find me on Instagram and on Facebook.
and we will have that in the show notes as well. So anybody who wants to just tap the link, visit the show notes for today's episode, and we'll make sure that you can get there. Again, Melanie, thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate you. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Worthy Writer edition of the Write Something Worthy podcast. If you'd like to know more about today's guest or even to reach out to them, you can find all of their information in our show notes at writesomethingworthy.com. 